Age to Practice, applying educational reading in the classroom. Join in the conversation using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. From Page to Practice is a podcast focusing on the application of educational reading in the classroom. Each episode features one book or article, my reflections and the thoughts of my guests on its use and impact in the classroom. Some episodes may also feature an introduction from the author. Hi and welcome to episode 18 of From Page to Practice. This episode is on Be More Toddler by Emma Turner. I really enjoyed Emma's Seneca webinar where she talked about this book and I also enjoyed dipping in and out of New Ed 2 yesterday. If there's a way of watching any of that back I really recommend you check it out. So as usual before we hear from a collection of teachers about how they've applied what Be More Toddler has taught them to their own practice within schools we're going to hear from Emma with some insights into her fantastic book. Hi Emma Turner here author of Be More Toddler. Um A little bit about my book and a little bit about me. Um, So I've been in primary education for 22 years. I've been a class teacher, a national strategy consultant. I've been an assistant head, a deputy head, and then was one of the first all-female co-head teachers um, back in 2009, which we did for eight years. And during those eight years, I had, oh, between my colleague and I, we had five babies in five years. And so we did leadership very, very differently. And I realised once we were kind of out there amongst the leadership landscape that actually we were doing something quite different, but we didn't really think it was particularly different because we were just kind of getting on with getting a job of work done. Anyway, when I was on maternity leave with my third baby, I went to a soft play, which also known as Hell on Earth. But I was with my soft play um, with my five-year-old, my two-year-old and my newborn and I bumped into a former colleague and he was lovely he was really nice he was really supportive and he was like oh you were always going to do great things you were always this you were always that so lovely to see you and I went to ring my former co-head colleague to tell her just seen um, our old colleague and then I suddenly realized that he'd spoken about me totally in the past tense I thought oh my goodness he suddenly thinks that because I'm not in school doing leadership right now because I'm on maternity that I'm somehow out of the leadership game and I thought to myself isn't it a shame that so many people are not allowed into that kind of leadership club because they want to do leadership differently and I looked at my two-year-old who at the time was trying to climb up this enormous staircase and every time she fell down she got back up again and she just carried on she was really resilient really determined and I thought to myself oh my goodness that's what I need to be I need to be much more like her I need to be more toddler in my approach to things. So rather than being disheartened, I really needed to kind of step up rather than step out of the leadership game because it would have been really easy for me to just sort of say, do you know what? It's it's too tricky. It's too difficult. It's not for me, not the right time. But actually I thought, no, I need to be more like her. And I started to watch her and think about my elder daughter's time as a toddler. And as my youngest one grew, I started to watch him. And I just thought, do you know what? They have so much to teach us about leadership and about really how to affect change in an organisation. Because if you think about it, a child changes everything in a household. They manage to change the way that you eat, you sleep or don't sleep. They manage to change what you buy, where you go, how you live completely. And they can't even use the toilet or use a spoon or speak. So I began to think about what it was that toddlers did to make you completely change your life. And I watched and I learnt and I thought, do you know what? This is a really simple way of looking at leadership because I'd been on so many leadership courses over the years and I'd heard the same sort of thing in the same sort of ways from the same kind of people. And I thought, I wish somebody had told me that you could do this, do it well and do it differently. And that's why I wrote Be More Toddler, to encourage more people to think about doing leadership differently, being a different kind of leader Coming at leadership from a different angle, whether that be through flexible working or just a different way of working or just 
being um, from a demographic that was particularly underrepresented in leadership. So for me, it was being a young-ish, <laughs> part-time female leader with a very young family. Um, and so I started to think about what else could toddlers teach us about leadership? And each chapter in my book is a lesson that my children taught me about how to be a great leader. And the more people that read the book, the more it seems to be a bit of a universal truth that actually toddlers are pretty brilliant at everything. And I start off the book talking about um, chocolate and celery and about in leadership, all you really need is to know your chocolate and to know your celery. And by that, I mean knowing what you will hold on to forever, what you definitely stand for, what you will fight for, what you will absolutely stick to your guns over every single time. What's your chocolate? A bit like the way a toddler holds on to chocolate in a... Um, I mean, my daughter's case, in a post office queue where everybody was tutting like a Geiger counter because I could not get these chocolate buttons that she'd snaffled off the shelf off her. She was holding on to them. That's, that's what meant something to her. And then find out what your leadership salary is. So for my children, they are very different children, very, very different children, very different personalities. Um, and But they are re absolutely resolute in their hatred of of celery it's a stringy devil of a veg for them and it doesn't matter what I do with it they are absolutely united as a team that they will not stand for that so I encourage leaders in the book to find out what their leadership celery is as well because very often we think about what we do stand for but we don't think about what we will say no to this is not for us it might be an idea for another place at another time but actually no we, we don't stand for this. This is not what we're about. This is not the way we work. This is not what we're trying to create. So find out what you'll say yes to, your chocolate buttons, and what you'll say no to every time in your celery. And then I talk a lot about other things that toddlers can teach us, like prioritising the basics of sleep, food, and play. Because there's no toddler that says, I'm terribly sorry, I'm, I, I've got to skip lunch. I've got these blocks to build. Or... A toddler who goes, I can't possibly have a little rest, stick my thumb in my mouth and cuddle up with my blanket because I've got 14 spreadsheets to sort out. They, they prioritise their basics of healthcare, well-being, and that's why they're learning machines, absolute learning machines, because they look after themselves. And again, they can, they can teach us that. And there's some more subtle things that they teach us about identifying talent in teams, about how um, they always ask uh, on car journeys, for example, are we nearly there yet? They recognise that they're not driving the car, they're not navigating, they're not even in charge of the snacks necessarily. They know that they're part of a team and they always ask, are we nearly there yet? Not Am I nearly there yet? So they teach us an awful lot about team building, about being honest about the way we feel, about <clears throat> being confidently honest about when they need help. Toddlers are always asking for help, constantly. Um, and as we, we as leaders can, can pick up on that as well. So each chapter in the book will give you a little insight into what I call the Holy Trinity of Chaos, who are my three children, a little bit about my leadership journey, and a lot of guidance about actually what makes great leadership. Um, as I say, I've held a lot of leadership positions, both at regional and local and individual school level. And actually, my toddlers taught me a hell of a lot more than most of the leadership training I went on during that time. But shh, don't tell anybody I said that. Um, the other thing I talk about in my book is about flexible working, about how the infrastructure in education really needs to change to accommodate more flexible working. Now, whether that be through parenting or other caring commitments or want to study yourself, or maybe it's a, a health challenge that you have yourself, or maybe it's that you want to pursue other aspects of your career like writing. But what flexible working does is it retains talent and provides elasticity in the system. And I talk a lot in the book about how flexible working should really be um, within the future, not only of education and leadership, but within education itself. And I'm going to have another book coming out with John Cap um, fairly soon about flexible working and flexible leadership. So you can keep your eye out for that one. 
Uh, I really hope that you enjoy the book if you read it. If nothing else, it will give you a, an amusing insight into uh, some of the trials and tribulations of parenting about um, exploding nappies at Drayton Manor Park and potties in a gale at the side of a motorway on the way to Centre Parks. So it's not like your normal leadership book. Um, it's uh, lots of tales of real life, real home life, as well as real work life, and how actually the balance between the two can be taught to us really effectively by our very youngest little leaders. So I do hope you enjoy dipping into the book. If you've got any questions, you can find me, Emma underscore Turner 75 on Twitter. Always happy to connect, always happy to chat leadership, uh, teaching and flexible working. So do pop along and say hi. And thank you to Rebecca for inviting me onto the podcast. I do hope you enjoy it. Thanks very much. Bye bye. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag Page Practice Podcast. It's always enjoyable to hear Emma talk about her book. I'm sure if you've not yet got a copy, you're probably intrigued by now. But to help your curiosity a bit more, we're going to hear from Rachel, who tweets at geo underscore getters 84. Hi, my name's Rachel. I'm a teacher from Nottinghamshire. I'm in my 14th year of teaching. And over the more recent years, I've been part of the teaching and learning team at my school. My subject is geography and I teach in the secondary school. I bought Be More Toddler last year um, on a bit of a whim. It looked interesting and leadership is something I had been on a middle leader course, but I couldn't really see where I fitted into the current teaching model. This book has changed my outlook. It's made me think about how I could ask more questions, how I could perhaps in the future think of different career paths. And it's making me reflect on the skills that I already have that perhaps I could use if I was to be a leader. I think it's also one of the first things reading it and Emma talks about her moment in the ball pit. And, you know, I've had many of those moments where you suddenly think, actually, I'm I'm good at being a parent. Maybe that's where I should stay. And it made me understand the idea of imposter syndrome. I always thought other people were better at things and perhaps that I was not ready to do those. I also think when I look at my leadership models and role models, perhaps they are so unlike me, I couldn't see where I fitted in. I think times are changing in education. I know since last year, um, there are far more women on our leadership school uh, team at school. And we've started to think more about, you know, perhaps how we can use our staff better. So reading this book started to give me more ideas. It helped me to think about maybe how in the future my career could develop, perhaps not in the strict kind of head of department or head of year role. Um, And it has actually made me think more about kind of women in education and how I can perhaps as a slightly, you know, in a position slightly higher than other people in my school um, can help them as they start their careers you know, where maybe people who are excellent classroom teachers are missing out on opportunities because they've chosen to go part-time. And I feel that I'm in a position to change that and I feel quite strongly about it. I really recommend this book. I think it's written in a really down-to-earth way. It's written for everyone. It's written if you have children, if you haven't got children, but also it's written in an entertaining way. It's quite short. You can get through it quite quickly. I used to take it with me, sit outside preschool, get a few pages in before I went and collected my son. You know, it, it can fit in around things. So don't be put off by reading because you think you haven't got time. Um, I hope that helps. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag Page Practice Podcast. Thanks, Rachel. Hearing your reflections has shown how clearly this book can be useful to a range of different people, whether they are yet in leadership or not. Next, we hear from Antonia, who tweets at Miss underscore PRS. My name is Antonia, and I'm a subject leader for philosophy and religious studies at a secondary school in Hertfordshire. And I absolutely loved reading Emma's book and would certainly recommend it to anyone, especially those who quietly think that they might want to move into a leadership position, but feel like you might not be ready or that you might it might not be for you. Um, So in the book, Emma speaks really clearly about the need to demystify leadership and that it's not necessary to be the finished article. And that really spoke to me and reading it set off um, 
a huge catalyst in my own sort of thought processes and self-narrative. So I had just returned from my second maternity leave um, six months previously. I had a subject leader position that I really loved and enjoyed and was fully expecting to feel really re-energised when I returned to work. But after a couple of months, I realised I, I felt quite flat because I thought that I had progressed my career as far as it was going to go. And I was telling myself that I didn't need or I didn't want another position. I didn't need to progress any higher than I was. Um, I certainly wasn't considering leadership. Um, I told myself that, you know, I'm not old enough. I'm not experienced enough. Um, I definitely wouldn't be able to have a leadership position if I was if I wanted to stay part time. Um, but actually reading Be More Toddler really shifted my mindset on that. And I think I'll be grateful to Emma for ever for allowing that process to happen. So Emma assures us when you read the book that we don't need to be the finished article and that flexible working in leadership can and does actually work in practice. And I just felt that was completely illuminating and encouraged me to view my where I saw my career going in a completely different way. What I particularly love about the book is that it really it reads like you're listening to a trusted friend and I think that's the beauty in the book. So it feels very much like Emma is in your corner, she's cheering you on and that actually you can do anything that you want to do as far as your career is concerned. You don't need to be held back by that um, self-narrative of that you're not good enough or it's not going to be possible to work alongside your other family commitments. So a week or so after I finished reading um, Be More Toddler, a position was advertised at my school for an associate assistant head teacher position um, and it was advertised as being full time. And I wasn't put off at all. I knew immediately that I could apply and that I should apply. And that even if nothing came of it, I didn't have anything to lose. Um, didn't matter if I didn't get it or not. It didn't matter if, um, if I messed up the interview. Actually, all I had was something to gain. I could gain the experience of it. I could know whether that was something I could do in the future. I could gain confidence simply just by throwing your hat in the ring and giving it a go. And I certainly would not have seen it that way before reading this book. I would have wanted to have applied. I would have probably written an application letter and I probably would have then talked myself out of it and because I give me myself lots of reasons and excuses but predominantly that I'm not old enough I'm not experienced enough and um, I can't do it part-time um, so I, I did put an application in and actually I drew so heavily on the advice and the questions to consider that are at the end of each of the chapters when I was writing my letter and also when I was preparing for my interview and also during my interview. I felt really bolstered by Emma's assurances that part-time leadership is doable and that I don't need to choose between my family commitments and my career aspirations. And at the end of my interview, um, I felt really empowered to ask if I would be able to, to do the position part-time, whether that was something that they would consider. And actually, there was a re really positive response to that. And when I was successful, uh, it was agreed that I could maintain the position part-time on my current part-time hours if I wanted, um, or if I felt I wanted to change my hours at all to, to make it work. And that was something that they were open to, which I just think is really amazing. As well as having so much practical advice and um, real-life examples... I also felt like it's a brilliant accompanying text for the, for my MPQSL. It just cuts right through all that jargon and the complexity that is uh, written about and around leadership. And by providing the practical and accessible examples, it helps you to really clearly see that um, leadership is, is doable. It's not this mysterious thing that um, only certain people are, are able to do. It's actually completely um, accessible to all. And I think that is the main thing I've taken away from Emma's book, as is that leadership needs to be demystified and that it can be demystified. And the only way that we can 
achieve that is by giving it a go. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag pagepracticepodcast. Thanks, Antonia. Some really positive reflections on being more toddler, which just goes to show how much the book has influenced and supported you. I totally agree with the comments you make about the friendly tone and style of the book. Next up is Cara, who tweets at CaraCarey20. Hello, my name is Cara Carey. I teach music and science in a secondary school and I've been in middle leadership for seven years now with my current role being head of sixth form. I'm on maternity leave at the moment with my second child. So um, I love reading this book and I don't know if you will get this uh, niche friends um, episode uh, reference, but I felt like the book could have been called Be More Toddler Cara. I really related to the examples um, that she gave of her children and she um, worryingly, um, she was worryingly apt with her description of my living room when she was talking about the toys that her children had. There are three main threads that I have taken away from this book and will apply to my leadership. The first one is don't be afraid to put yourself first. Um, She talks about the importance of investing time in improving yourself as a leader. She writes, we should immerse ourselves in the books, the articles, the learning which fires our intellectual curiosity and keeps us fresh in our thinking. I think sometimes we think of reading books and engaging it in new research as something extra that would be nice to do. But Emma makes the point that it's really important to put this first and carve time in our timetables to do this so that um, we can approach leadership in the right way. Secondly, she says that in leadership, we need to model the well-being and efficiency strategies that we would encourage across our organisation. Again, this um, really, really stood out to me as an important point because I think so often we can rush around trying to get everything done that we forget that we are we can be a model um, to our teams and to other colleagues to show um, the way, ways forward in managing work-life balance. And finally, I really liked her point about being proud of your achievements both at home and at work and finding platforms to share and celebrate these with others. And it's really sort of pushed me to start blogging again. And I think that's something that I'm going to um, take on from this book. The second thread that ran throughout the book was the importance of being really clear and specific about your vision um, and how you share this. She calls, um, she refers to this as the chocolate buttons, the lollipops and the celery. And that idea runs throughout the book. Firstly, she says that when you're um, deciding on your vision, it's really important to use evidence to pinpoint the reason for these areas of focus. And I really liked that reminder that um, it, we need to have sort of backup and support of why this these things are really important. Um, it means then we can use our vision and use this evidence when um, we are um, communicating new plans to staff but also she made a fantastic point about um, risk and the need to take risks sometimes and the need to sometimes do some slightly out of the box moves as she puts it Um, but notes that if your teams are aligned with the vision and your actions are aligned with your vision and the evidence behind it then that risk actually isn't so risky. Another great uh, thing about having a shared vision is it allows you to check in, not check up. As she puts it, um, that we can check in on teams knowing where they're going, checking that they know how to get there, rather than um, feeling like we are monitoring them or just calling out mistakes. Again, another way to build really positive relationships within your teams. After all of this, though, another really key point on vision is that it's not just enough to articulate the vision clearly. Um, And Emma describes this brilliantly by relating it to um, having children in the park. And she says it's really important to be in the thick of it, like at the park, having an awareness of when to celebrate, when to motivate and encourage them to take the next steps. Um, 
but you must be committed to all parts of the leadership, not just the the um, slides and the roundabouts of the part, but also the boring business of pushing the swings. Um, and this made me think about how um, I engage with um, what's going on in my team. And I think I often find opportunities to um, celebrate what's going really well, which is one thing she suggested. But um, I think reflecting on how often my leadership is geared towards watching from a distance and how much of it is getting involved and seeing what is on the ground or what a current initiative looks like is something that I'm definitely going to try and do more of going forward. Since my my first maternity leave, I've been struggling with how to balance leadership in schools with having a family. And I often feel like it's that there's a decision to make between work or children. Um, but what I love so much about this book was it really centres children and embeds work around it and shows how that can definitely be a balance that is achievable. I... Um, really liked the point she made about life experience making as compassionate and understanding as leaders with a heightened sense of awareness of um, the need to look after staff and create a culture of openness and support in the workplace. Um, the book has also given me a confidence to lead authentically, to embrace um, the my emotional side as a strength. Um, she talks about this um, in a great way in the chapter on being confidently honest about your feelings at work and seeing that it's okay to show you're a human first and leaders second. Um, Emma also talks about the importance of the work-life balance and trying to limit the amount of time at home that is spent thinking about work with practical advice such as done is better than perfect and this um, really made me think how I can approach work with a sort of with a new attitude as I return after my second maternity leave and um, sort of in line with that I think maybe the biggest takeaway from this book is that leadership is not about being perfection personified but being optimistic ambitious but also honest realistic and humble and I thought that was a great message which is um, applicable to um, leaders in a wide variety of settings which brings me on to why someone else should read it I think I think you may have to find toddlers at least endearing to enjoy the premise of this book, but it's really got great messages for leaders in all settings. And I've already recommended it to friends in leadership positions outside of school. I think another great thing about this book is it gave me some tips on parenting as well and reminded me to see the funny side of things with my children, which is really, really important in our current situation. Um, and it also showed me that three kids is definitely a good idea. So I think I might be recommending this book to my husband as well. Um, that's all I have to say. I really, really enjoyed reading it. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to connect, my um, Twitter handle is at CaraCarey20. Thank you. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. Thank you, Cara. I enjoyed the Friends reference. Glad to hear you've even recommended the book to some friends outside of education, as well as your husband. Now we're hearing from Fiona, who tweets at Teach Art Design. Hi, I'm Fiona Ledbeater. I'm a principal teacher of art and design in a secondary school just outside Glasgow. I've been teaching since 2007, so 13 years. Um, and in that time, I've been off on mat leave twice. Um, returning um, full-time after I had my first son and then part-time for a year and then back to full-time after that. I absolutely loved being more toddler. Um, it just resonated with me so much as a, a leader of a department and as a mummy. Um, there were so many points in it that just I screamed out, yes, yes, I, I know what that, that's all about. Um I think the key takeaways, that I, the things that I learned um, and that I loved, um, I suppose that good leaders have a lot in common with little people um, and so therefore we've got a lot to learn from them. Um, determination, resilience, they're 
love of taking risks, um, holding on to what's important. I think all of that translates um, so well into the jobs that we have to do as um, leaders and stumbling, falling, getting back up um, and trying again. Really important. Um, I think for me, it makes me think about changing the narrative of leadership. Um, I really like the the part about a leader not having to know everything. Um, and it's kind of changed, I suppose, my thinking about that a little bit. Um, I really liked the the quote about um, leadership's not perfection personified. Um, and I, I think that really resonated with me um, and gave me a bit of confidence, I suppose, as well, that it's okay to, to fail. And um, I think if you are doing things for the right reasons as a leader, that that's so much more important. Um, I think in terms of the application that I can make and use in um, what I read in the book um, and my school, I think it undoubtedly will help me to be a better leader. Um, it aligns with much of my, my core values around people um, and around getting the, the best for our young people. Um, and I think probably drawing on my experiences as a mum, I think, um, translated um, into a real kind of confidence boost for me in a lot of ways. I think when I returned from that leave after having my first, I think I probably suffered a bit of a confidence crisis, um, really doubting myself, feeling that I couldn't um, give as much as I once had to the job um, and I think it's probably taken me quite a wee while to to get over that um, and I think this book just really confirmed that a lot of you know what we do as parents, as mums, as dads, as aunts and uncles, um, it really translates into skills that a good leader should have um, and you know, I think I'm quite self-critical um, a lot of the time. I think good teachers are. <laughs> That's how they get better. They're um, always wanting to improve, always wanting to do better. So I think that it helps me to, to realise that, yeah, you don't have to have all the answers, but if you, you know, have the right soul, if you have the right, um, you know, vision and values, that you'll make the right choices um, you don't have to know everything um, I think it also really inspired me to realise that something that um, I said about leadership being very doable and should actually be appealing to people um, I think quite often leadership gets a bad name I think um, I think when I returned after my leave, I wondered whether I'd be able to, to actually do this or not and juggle all these balls. Um, but actually, she pointed out a lot of the positives and it's about, I suppose, probably remembering those in a leadership role. Um, so, and I think it, you know, it made me realise that actually I do have a lot of qualities um, as a mum, um, which I've, I've discovered or rediscovered, which are really useful to my role. And I should be proud of that and I should use them to, to my advantage. Um, and I suppose just inspired me that, you know, I, I could go on and do it. Um, you know, it made me ego boost, I suppose. <laughs> um, why someone else should read it, it is so relatable, so humorous, um, lighthearted, just makes so much sense. Um, lots of what I read was just... So, yeah, that's happened to me. I, I can understand that. And a lot of it was things that I... Anecdotes that I had experienced but never really turned around and thought about how I could learn from that experience. Um, so, yeah, I think Emma inspired me to to want to be a better leader, to be a better mummy, to, to use all those skills kind of hand-in-hand hand with each other and um, to to be a force for good. Um, really easy to read, really um, 
accessible and funny and yeah inspiring just wants you makes you want to to go and do better totally recommend it you're listening to from page to practice join the conversation on twitter using hashtag page practice podcast Another reader that expresses just how much love she has for this book, how enjoyable it was to read and what she's taken away from it. Next up, we're going to hear from Lucy, who tweets at Mrs L Flower. Hi there, my name is Lucy Flower. I'm a former member of SLT, having stepped down following a difficult return from maternity leave. I'm now a classroom teacher of music, and I write and speak about leadership on Twitter, at Mrs L Flower. Emma Turner's Be More Toddler. Every single point in this book is a valuable roadmap to leadership. From the tightly held values of the chocolate buttons, rejected non-negotiables in the celery, to the valuable lesson of the eating a boiled egg explanation. Every anecdote is woven with golden nuggets of wisdom and advice. The main points that really resonated with me and that improved my practice were these. Watch me, mummy. This section was all about celebrating and championing our own successes. It's so easy as teachers and leaders to always think about the things we didn't do or to think about what we need to improve on next time. What we don't do so well is reflect on our own successes and brag about them, be public about what is going well. I now have started to do this as uncomfortable as it can make me feel. And I use Twitter in particular to um, celebrate what is going well and also champion the success of others in my network. This has really changed my practice. It has made me realise all the positives that I do and as a result has made me feel far more confident as a teacher and leader. Red Sky at Night, Angel Delight. This section was about making mistakes and moving on without shame or guilt or becoming defensive and not taking the mistake or the correction personally. This has improved my practice because I now own my mistakes in all aspects of my leadership and I can view them without shame and with humour and it just renews my determination to look into them. For example... In the classroom when you are having an observation and the lesson is just not going very well, it's easy to really beat yourself up about this. But what I now find I can do is that I can look objectively at what has gone wrong and I can use that to move forward with my practice rather than dwelling on this mistake for hours and hours and unpicking it in sleepless nights. I now feel that I can use it to learn from rather than using it to beat myself up. Sitting on mummy's knee. This section is about when something hasn't gone well, how to seek comfort and how to ask for that support. This has really impacted on my leadership in a huge way. I used to believe that being strong and being the hero leader was being a good leader, but I've actually now realised that being authentic is crucial. I now feel comfortable to ask for support and comfort when it's needed, but I also consider others and can offer it when I recognise that somebody isn't feeling um, fully comfortable in what they're doing and if somebody has gone through a tough time. And finally, the kitchen discos or the joyful unicorn of leadership. This is about remembering that even in these really difficult times, that leadership isn't a burden. It's actually a real privilege and a joy. Finding the fun in everyday situations, lightening something really difficult, bringing joy into the workplace through your attitude towards others is leadership. This is something that I try to do every day that I'm in work and every time I'm on Twitter and every time I'm mentoring somebody and every time that I am approaching any aspect of my life that I lead in. Um, I try to bring a positive smile and a positive start to the day and I've found that a lot of people say it really helps influence them and it really helps them be better in their daily practice. Why you should read this book. 
Reading this book is a warm and personal introduction to the basics of leadership in really clear and relatable terms. However, it's also completely innovative in flipping the leadership narrative um, as a parent educator completely on its head. Through her groundbreaking career, Emma demonstrates clearly how the world of education needs to adapt and change to promote flexible working and flexible living for everyone. For me personally, Emma's book also showed the possibilities of balancing leadership with being a really present mummy. Its warm and personal style felt much more me in terms of its written style and in terms of her leadership style also. This book inspired me that maybe one day I too can write a book of leadership as me. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. Thanks Lucy, another passionate review and it was really enjoyable to listen to you. If I'd not read the book yet, I would definitely want to get a copy after the glimpses you've given into your favourite parts. Lucy is back on the last episode of this academic year on the Women Ed book 10% Braver. Today's final contribution is coming from Nikki, who tweets at Nikki A. Ball, and she's also coming back for the Women Ed episode. I am Nikki Ball, a deputy head teacher of six years and currently working in a county primary school. Previously to this, I was a deputy head teacher in the same trust, but for inner city. I have the very pleasure of working in the same trust as Emma Turner. And Emma is bubbly, effervescent, lively, and with a very real personality. Putting pen to paper can be easy, but putting pen to paper sharing your parental values, ethos, mishaps and mind-blowingly happening moments of motherhood... It's laying yourself bare on the page. But this is the authenticity of that is Emma Turner. And I have the pleasure to call my colleague. Emma herself lives the be more toddler that she writes about. She gets excited about all forms of education, leadership, research, and also everyone in which she comes into contact with. For Emma, there is always another plate spinning with new ones starting up, but her love of everything ensures that she puts that toddler 100% into everything she does. One of Emma's articles was The Courage to Encourage, which I read actually um, around the same time of, of me getting her book Be More Toddler. And this is also clearly seen within the book as she shares her wisdom through new analogies to inspire others to take the mantle of leadership and making it work for everyone, including co-headships. Within this article, she encourages us all to have our own narratives with a shared vulnerability, that our voice will speak to someone, saying, resonating with them, and that they will put their hands out and share with you their spun gold and spider web stories. They will hold your story with theirs and they will tell you that together your story and their story have fixed and cracked glass and polished that spun gold. She encourages us to share our own stories with courage as without stories and lived experiences we will not be able to connect in that human way which so many of us need in order to be, well to do believe and difference is possible. And that difference is possible, and this is clearly displayed in Be More Toddler. Emma has taken her personal story of life, interwoven all aspects, and brought this back to her leadership morals, displaying them within these pages through fresh toddler eyes. It was interesting revisiting Be More Toddler during a lockdown, as previously I had read this when just basically before we were fragmented into isolation whilst being united in that common cause of educating every child through virtual technologies. But there was one sentence that really jumped out at me and said a massive hello. And this was revisiting your raison d'etre and your daily work through regular lived and purposeful reconnection with what you are trying to achieve is like soup for the leadership soul. 
It is easy to become lost in the day-to-day busyness of leadership and we can lose sight of what we're trying to do and to achieve. But through this time, all leaders have had to go back to their original vision of their school and what they really want and need to provide for the children during these unprecedented times. The distance has been able to give us some clarity of what we want to achieve both in our own lives as well as the children that we are so privileged to serve. Souls have been searched, visions have been revisited and through the individualistic solitude of lockdown, nets of friendship and collegiality have been flung wide and come back multiplied, sharing solutions which have been sought as a collective from those that would not have previously known. In Emma's chapter, Watch Me Mummy, she states that our teams will take their lead from and be influenced by our attitudes to people, to success and to the areas of development. To build positive teams, we need to develop unconditional positive regard, which we need to extend to every aspect of all of our leadership parks and people in it. Never before have staff and children needed this from us as leaders. Every person matters in their thoughts and worries Lockdown has upskilled all of us in one way or another, challenging our own thoughts, deeds, anxieties also, and what we need to do in each and every area. This has called individuals to face demons from their past and worries from their future, as well as the very scary present. Leaders have had to stand firm after revisiting their own search souls and lead with humility, sincerity, care, whilst at the same time with clarity, commitment and that toddler-like enthusiasm. She also stated that every aspect of our leadership parks need to be viewed positively. Its success is celebrated and all should receive the same positive version of ourselves and willingness to get involved. Lockdown leaders have ramped up their clear, concise communication at many different levels to serve all clientele from advisory boards, staff, children, parents, communities, other heads, local authorities, colleagues of heads and senior leaders, not just within our own trusts, other trusts, local authorities. But not only that, but also behind the door that we call our own homes where we in turn become the teacher and educator at the kitchen table whilst continue to communicate as a wife, husband, partner. Through this collective efficacy, we ourselves become the multitude of agencies that we also serve as leaders. Never before has leadership geared towards watching from a distance and getting involved, seeing, feeling, hearing, without a clear communication from government. However, the lockdown leaders have taken this challenge and become the lighthouses within communities, making this clarity of connections and transforming them into daily directors of living instructions. Be More Toddler raises questions to probe and push us into thinking differently. During lockdown, I have taken one of Emma's challenges as I wanted to clearly know from my own experiences and from the people in which I work with what they really thought about me whilst I was on my own soul-searching mission for my future leadership capabilities. Being 10% braver, I put out a 360 to find out and find out what the results were from what people really thought of me, of my leadership capabilities. And the answers were insightful. And I would definitely recommend anyone to be more toddler inquisitive about their own leadership and to do the same. Through this, I revisited my own vision, my aims, and as already stated, never before have we needed a culture of positivity, confidence, risk-taking, idea creations, ensuring that all personnel are clear about the importance and value of their contribution, including our own. One of Emma's aims was for us leaders to create autonomy, confidence, independence in our teams through identification of talent and skills alongside a provision of excellent professional learning and development opportunities. When we all do finally get back together, we need to really look at our teams with new expectant toddler eyes. 
as everyone will come back together changed, owning new skills, new ideas, new technologies, whilst at the same time, them seeing our school through new eyes. Their talents will have magnified, transformed, accumulated, and we need to sit back, listen and celebrate them. This will be an exciting time when we are all back together, sharing our new culture of trust, support and new shared values. So I would say let Emma help you, like me, to be more toddler and look at our aims and visions from a different perspective. This book will be brought out time and time again for me to help me revisit my own leadership skills and competencies as I will always want to do the best for those in which I serve and those in which we serve will continue to change because our society will continue to change. We need to be surrounded with teams who feel trusted, supported and have the autonomy to be leaders in their own right, in their own position so everyone is empowered to be the experts of their field and that includes our children who are being more toddler. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. It struck me today quite how much of what the contributors have had to say has been a reflection on Emma personally, beyond just the words on the page. This speaks volumes and shows quite how influential she and her book have been so far. I'm absolutely certain that any listener that hasn't yet read the book will now be inspired to get hold of a copy. This has been one of the most enjoyable episodes to put together thanks to the way each contributor has clearly been touched by the book. I felt a similar buzz from the contributors to the Stop Talking About Wellbeing episode, so if you've enjoyed this episode, maybe pop back and give that one a go. I imagine that the Women Ed 10% Braver episode in a month's time will be similarly inspiring, so make sure to subscribe if you've not already. This week, Edu Book Club was on The Craft of Assessment by Michael Charles, and this will be the focus of the next episode in two weeks' time. If you've read either of these next two books, the last in this series, please get in touch via the usual channels on Twitter at BexN91 or at PagePracticePod, and I'll let you know how. It's simple, honest. You've been listening to From Page to Practice. Don't forget to join in the conversation using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. Alternatively, to suggest a book or article, or volunteer to contribute to an episode, visit learninglinguist.co.uk forward slash PagePracticePodcast. Thanks go to Kevin McLeod of Incomtech.com for use of the tracks Cheery Monday and Fuzzball Parade, which are licensed under Creative Commons. <laughs>